welcome back to another weekly episode of Scale Riders Podcast. I am your host, 65 Lokes, and this is episode number 162. My guest for this episode is a high-skilled model builder here in the U.S. His name is Wes Salazar, a detail enthusiast, member of MCBA. He's also participating in the 2022 Tourney Build-Off by Iceman Collections. It's been a while since the last time he was on the show. It's been, I would say, two years now. A lot to catch up on, so let's just go right ahead and get things started. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. What's up, brother? Yo, what's up, Wes? How you doing? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Oh, doing well. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. There's a lot we need to catch up on. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was, it's crazy how much time has passed since the last time. No, yeah, for sure. You know... Right now, I mean, you've, you've been staying busy, though, and active, even though, you know, I know we chat on Instagram, but from just seeing you on Instagram, you're, like, super active on there, bro, like, all the time, working on new projects, participating in events, traveling, and, you know, right now at this very moment, um, you're participating in Iceman Collection's 2022 Tourney Build-Off. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's the first one I got in on. I missed out last year, uh, just I didn't get in in time. But uh, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, just to be competing with everybody, you know, online. A lot of good builders, a lot of, a lot of big names on Instagram, and uh, it's been a while since I've been in a build off. So it's it's nice to, kind of be back in that atmosphere. Although. Eight weeks is kind of pushing it when it comes to trying to get a build done for me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy how, you know, um, like when it was announced and then it was like right away, like it filled up, right? Pretty much. It was, uh, I think, filled up within, I think, two days. Man, that's crazy. And once once it filled up, like when when you found out about it, was was it something that you were like, all right, you know, it's eight weeks, but I'm ready to commit? Oh, definitely. The The funny part was, is when it was announced and then when uh, Iceman gave the date for when we had to have our kit by was actually the weekend I was in Dallas for the showdown show. So it turned out I actually had to buy a kit at the show <laughs> to have for Saturday for the entry because I wasn't home and everything I had was at the house. I didn't have anything down at my parents' house. So yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a little, uh, it, it was quick, man. It, it was very, very quick as, as far as trying to figure out something to do. But, you know, I got, I got it in on time. So it was, it was fun. Man, so, so like when you were there at that show, you were just like, you started hitting the tables, like browsing through the vendors to see what they got? Pretty much, uh, me and my uh, my dad and I were going through, looking around. He was kind of keeping an eye on on different fifty style cars and trucks, and we kind of settled on on one. But ironically enough, I have uh, David uh, Detail Junkies to thank for this wagon that I'm doing, and I, I say that uh, <laughs> kind of jokingly because I don't know what I got myself into with trying to do a resin body in eight weeks. But I started, I, I kind of started behind everybody else because all I had was the body. Dang. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, man, just just do it the way, you know, you do it. It'll be cool. And at the time, it sounded good. And here we are, what, three days, four days left now. And I'm kind of like, I'm nervous whether or not I'm actually going to get it done. <laughs> 
Wow, that's a trip. So like that that car, I mean, I, I've dealt with resin before as well. And as as far as like you diving into this, like the eight weeks, was it something that you were kind of like mentally preparing? Like, all right, week one, I got to do this. Week two, I got to do this. Did you Were you taking like notes on that? In a, in a way, um, when I bought it at da- in Dallas, literally after the show, I got back to my parents' house and I'm already brainstorming. I was already brainstorming what I needed to do and what I wanted to do. Um, honestly, the hardest part was it, I've done wagons in the past before, whether it's a regular model kit or a resin body. But for some reason, this wagon's just it, it, it was a trip trying to figure out the color combination you know, the stance, what style I'm going to go with. This one really tested myself. And I think because of that eight weeks, it's, it's what, what did it, you know? Yeah. I see you got paint on it, clear coat. It's like, it looks super, it looks like glass, dude. When I saw that, those last photos you posted of it. Right. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. uh, The splash uh, candy brandy wine looks more like candy apple red, but um, the brandy wine actually it's real nice. It laid out really good. And, uh, yeah, when I got clear coat on it, man, it, it really brought the build to life more so and kind of gave me that little extra boost at the end of like, okay, now I want to just keep going with it to get it done. Cause at first I was just, like I said, kind of like up in the air about a lot of what I wanted to do with it. Yeah. You know? Was, was there any, um, uh, any problems or difficulties you ran into during this process? Um, realistically, knock on wood, not too many. Um, there was a few with the paint, uh, process. Cause I don't know if you noticed in some of the, in the photos, it's actually a two-tone candy red. So there was actually, I did a silver base on the top and bottom half. And then I did a gunmetal base in the middle. Well, I actually had problems with, uh, when I was masking off some of the base coat peeling off. And then having to go back and touch it up and hoping that it wasn't going to do it again before I laid the candy on it. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was actually knock like I said, knock on wood, probably the the only issue I've had so far. However, I'm kind of nervous once I start putting putting it together because you know, it, you you mock stuff up left and right, and then it it fits together well. But as soon as you paint everything and then you go to put it together for final assembly, nothing seems to fit right. Yeah, dang. You know, so that's I'm kind of nervous about that. I, I'm I'm finishing up the interior uh, tonight a little bit, and then uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings with uh, after work. Once I get home and start working on it again, but it's getting there though. I'll say that. Man, I mean, I, I wish there was a way that everybody who's like at that final stage, you know, like the, that last week or the, the like, the, let's say the final days of the. Mm-hmm competition the build off it would be kind of cool if, if there was like a camera streaming you guys live like putting it together <laughs> or just you know going through it it's almost like uh when when you're getting ready to watch like a like a boxing match and you see the fighters right. in their in their room like just warming up yeah and now you feel more more connected like oh man i want to see this fight like i'm nervous so right. you know i mean i'm excited it's cool to see the weekly updates from everybody and mm-hmm. I mean, with that also, it's, you know, those are part of the rules. You have to, you know, show on the particular days that they ask for. To oh, show. yeah. That, that's that, that's what makes it fun. But it also kind of made it challenging, too, because, 
you know, we all, we all have lives outside of model building and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, the weekend's here. All right, I got to make sure I get these posts in, you know, and sometimes it was literally Sunday night at like nine 30, 10 o'clock. I'm like, Oh, I still got to get a photo up here before the weekend's <laughs> over. So, yeah, yeah. There was a few, there was a few moments like that, but it, you know, it's like you said, it's part of the rules and, you know, it, it, that's why we do the build, these build-offs, man, just to have fun with it and, you know, kind of kind of challenge ourselves a little bit, too. Yeah, no, yeah. And also, shout-out shout to, like, the wives, fiancés, significant others, family that are, like, also supporting, holding it down while you're, you know, working and understanding oh, yeah. because, I mean, there's a lot of work. Hopefully, when it's all said and done, you know, they, they can, you know, take them out to dinner or something, you know, make up for it. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, definitely. Shout out to my wife uh, Liz because she she puts up with quite a bit with the model bit. I mean, she and she knows it's my passion. She enjoys it too. She enjoys seeing what I do and you know going out to the shows and sometimes traveling with me and stuff. But yeah, it's definitely one of those like with something like this. It's like okay, go do your thing, but you know we still need to get this done or this done. And it's like no, I know, but we'll we'll get it done eventually. Yeah. <laughs> So true. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, good luck. I hope everything, you know, we'll be for sure watching, you know, we'll be paying attention, sharing for sure all the work there. And, Definitely. you know, aside from that build though, you, you know, I, I know you work on other stuff too. You know, there's, it's not just that, like there's other things you got going on as well. Uh, but one of the posts I wanted to talk about on your Instagram, you had posted that 68 charger. You were showing us the engine bay. In oh the, yeah. With, with, you know, everything with wires, it's plumb. Every I don't know. It, it just, when I see that, I just trip out, dude. It's definitely eye candy. You know, you could get lost just staring at that. And the more, the good thing about the app, you could zoom in, you know? And, right. And you could see, when when you start getting into adding that, all that realism in there, you know, all those parts, mm-hmm. you know, for someone who wants to get into that, because I almost feel like this year, I feel like a lot of people are showcasing detail. You know, they're going into it. They're they're getting parts. They're showcasing a lot more of that. And like for someone who who wants to get into that world, um, and let's just say you know they're gonna do the engine, and they're gonna be using wires and and cables. Like, do you recommend them get like the different sizes, or just kind of stick to one size, or what would you recommend? Well, I mean, to start to start off with, I know you, you, a lot of people look at a photo like that, what I posted, and they can kind of get overwhelmed a little bit because there's so much into it. Um, first thing I'd, I'd say is just go go to your basics. So your spark plug wires, um, your fuel lines, your radiator hoses, which you will need to get different sizes for. Um, it's kind of a trial and error type thing there's no set specific size for for those but like your pre-wired distributors i mean obviously those have the wire the correct wire size you need um fuel lines radiator hoses miscellaneous like brake lines uh typically you know you kind of just have to look and see what what the different sizes are some companies like uh protec uh actually they'll label what hoses and what braided line will work for fuel lines and stuff like that. Um, it's just, just kind of do your research on it and, you know, try some of it's trial and error, but 
you know, enough people have used it that you could ask anybody and they'll pretty much give you what sizes you need to use, you know? Yeah. And like when you're um, like working it, is there, is there like, like kind of like steps, like first you start with the spark club, the spark plugs, and then you move on to other things or does it, it doesn't really matter kind of what you start off with. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> it, it does kind of matter a little bit because uh if you end up doing like some of the more delicate stuff at the beginning you run the risk of having it fall off or break off while you're trying to do other stuff um so for for me i usually start with the the spark plug wires um before i paint the motor or anything like that i actually drill where the wires are going to go into into the block drill out the wires um mount the the distributor on there and then run the wires the, the way that they're supposed to, I get a little crazy with it. I do the correct firing order for, for these motors. Um, that's something that, you know, you, you, nobody has to do that if they don't want to, I just tend to go that little bit of extra mile with it. Um, but once those are done, I usually add the, uh, the pulleys. Um, I don't run the belt until I'm ready to put the motor in the car. Cause Again, it, it can be kind of fragile with some of the extra stuff that you have to add, like um, your alternator. You have to actually make the brackets for it now since, you, you know, like with a plastic kit, everything's molded together. So the belt, the pulleys, those are all molded. Everything's one piece when you assemble it. Well, when you do the separate pulleys, the machine pulleys with the belt, you have to make the uh, the bracketry for like the alternators, power steering pumps. Um air conditioners, that kind of stuff. So I'll add the belt last once I'm ready to put the motor in. That way I don't risk breaking all that stuff off while I'm trying to do other stuff. Um, stuff like the fuel lines that you saw in that photo, um, those are added once the car, once the motor is actually in the car. Because there's no way I could do that without risking breaking them off while putting the body and everything together. Um, I've tried it in the past and it's been frustrating cause it's like you, you spend all that time and then one little, one little wrong move and it ends up breaking off cause they're so delicate. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was going to be another one of my questions as, as far as like holding the engine, like in the beginning process, are you using a pin vise or are you just kind of holding it with your hands? And then as things get more complex, you know, you start to get into the, the phase of let's put it in the model now. Yeah, mostly. Um, I really wish I had the uh, that jig that uh, Dispate has that you had on your you have on your website. I don't have one of those where it holds the motor. So most of the stuff I'm doing is uh, just holding it in my hand while I'm doing all the all the majority of the work. And then, yeah, once it's time to put it in the car is where it's it's pretty much okay. The gloves are on and. You know, just trying to make sure I put it in there as delicately as I can without risking breaking anything off. Yeah, <laughs> that's a trip. And like this whole process, how important is it, you know, like a pin vise with various drill bits and and like tweezers? Oh, 150% important, man. I mean, I couldn't do half of the stuff without any of those tools. Um, pin vices for drilling the holes. Um you know, just even just down to your uh, your normal like exacto blades and everything else, making sure everything's sharp and new. Because it, I remember back in the day when I first started this, before I even 
knew what a pen vise was sitting there trying to put a little hole with a uh with an exacto blade and trying to make the hole round and to put the wire in and <laughs> you know it's oversized yeah. and it just looks weird but no tool your your tools are definitely a key factor in putting all this detail in um so i have the tweezers a set of tweezers i have they're actually uh they lock in place so when i'm doing like uh say photo etch parts or I'm adding like a specific wire or like a nut and bolt, they actually lock and hold it in place until I release it. Once I actually have it glued onto the, to the part or the motor, or whatever I'm putting it on. Man. So it, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big factor when it comes to adding all this stuff, you got to have the right tools. Yeah. It, you reminded me a, a while back when um, the first time I was adding uh, a distributor to my engine and mm -hmm. this was like around 2015 and I didn't have a pin vice either. And I wasn't really aware of them. I remember seeing them at the, mm -hmm. at the hobby stores, but I never used one and I really didn't know what it was for. And mm -hmm. I, I knew I needed to, to drill, you know, some little holes like in there because I was like, how are the, how are the wires going to get attached? And I think even right. before I tried just gluing the, like putting a little bit of glue on the tip and like attaching it. <laughs> To the engine and just you know you're you're bending the wire but then they're gonna flick out you know right and um, and i was like oh you know what drilling it but then it was one of those things where i did not have the tool so then i i was like oh, i know what i need to do so i got i grabbed like this um this like metal a really small like metal rod piece i mm -hmm. forgot where i got that tool from maybe it was like one of those metal spatulas that i broke off just the tip and right, and right. I got and I got a lighter and I was just lighting lighting it up getting it really hot <laughs> and then I was just like stabbing into the engine on the side oh um, man <laughs> like little holes and when I would right. pull out like the plastic would pull out and then I would have to clean that up and yeah. it it wasn't lined up like straight or anything it was all kind of off and and crooked but right. I, I was just like you know I, oh, it, it's in there you know no one's going to be able to see that uh, yeah. from the bottom so, right. so I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, it took time to finally start to see, uh, like, different distributors because I saw some that were already pre-wired and then some that weren't that you had to put together, like the Detail Masters mm -hmm. distributor. Right. And, you know, they're, they're, and then now, I mean, it seems like there's just so many out now, like so many different brands that are out, like oh. so many options. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous now, and, and not not even getting into the the 3D printed stuff. You know, that's a whole other ball game there. But <laughs> just just the aftermarket stuff alone for like pulleys, distributors, all that stuff. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. A lot if you're if somebody's new to the game and they want to start doing that stuff, they can get overwhelmed pretty quickly just by the amount of stuff there is out there. Yeah, and and then it also could get very costly as well. Oh yes, uh, I know that one for a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's a trip, though, but it's cool to see all that stuff being done. It's especially more when you know it's one of your friends or someone that you just started following on Instagram and you start connecting with. It, you mm -hmm. know, when they start busting out, you get inspired, but you're also like rooting for that person. You know, for doing all those things like that. Oh yeah, definitely, and and it's a it's a rewarding feeling too, like. You know, the first, like I said, the first time I, I wired a motor up, it, it didn't look correct or anything like that. And as I kept going along and 
improving my skills and stuff, it, it, it got more rewarding for me because it's like, wow, now I know I can do this. I can get all that intricate stuff because I used to look at, you know, like what a lot of people did back in the day. Um, you know, even like Anthony, my, my mentor, Anthony and like Joe and all those guys and seeing the stuff they put in into their builds back then. And it was like, no, nah, I'm never going to be able to get to that point. And here I am, you know, X number of years later, and I'm, I'm putting just as much, if not more into my stuff now. So it, it's a, it's a rewarding feeling and, and just kind of goes to show that just keep practicing with it. Yeah. Cause eventually it'll, it'll pay off you know that's tight and like back back in that time when you were you know getting into that where you were kind of like man i don't know were mm-hmm. you were you already uh like working at pegasus around that time or not yet no 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 no. that was uh i think oh gosh this is bad you know you're getting old now and you can't remember stuff <laughs> but, uh, i'm not even that old but it's uh it was around 2008 okay. so it was about it was about two years before i started working at pegasus but mm. It's funny you say that, though, because I kind of had that, uh, what do you call that, aha moment um, for doing the detail stuff. I was actually at Pegasus and picked up an issue of Model Cars magazine that had uh, uh, a pro stock drag car from uh, Clay Kemp. Uh, Shout out to him, by the way. And it had a pro stock. It was all opened up, had the motor with everything on it that you could think of, every fuel line fitting and that's really what kind of like wow got me into like okay you can do all this stuff and ever since then it was just kind of like okay now i want to learn how to do this now i want to learn how to do that so in a way seeing that magazine and seeing his and seeing clay's car is kind of what got me like really focused into the detailing stuff and then just kind of you know as i met people as i went along and just learned a little bit from everybody you know mm-hmm. yeah it's one of those things where you start to you know get that interest and it starts to grow and you start to like ask yourself like why can't i do that you know i can do that you know and you just want to start diving into it but then at the same time you know you have people in in your like that you meet in your path you know that you mm-hmm. learn from and it goes vice versa like different things I, i've always heard like if you want to get good at something, it's like, you got to teach it. Oh yeah. You know? And, yeah. and then next thing you know, you're like, damn, I'm, I'm getting better at this. Oh, definitely. And that, and that was, you know, the way when I started learning from Anthony and learning from Joe and just like, okay, take it, take it one step at a time and, you know, do something this way until you get it right. And then you feel comfortable with that, then move on to the next step. Cause one of the one of the I'm not going to say bad things that somebody can do, but it, it's not necessarily the best way to do it is try to do everything at once. You know, don't don't think you have to add everything to your first motor, you know, focus on your your plug wires first and get the feel for that. Get the, you know, drilling the holes where they need to be and running the wires how they're supposed to be. And once you get comfortable with that, then move on to something like adding pulleys or adding fuel lines or something like that. Because if you try to do everything at once, if you've never done it before, you, you will get overwhelmed pretty quickly with it. Yeah, then it becomes like discouraging at that point. You just it's like you always look at it as like a wall like, man, this is just tough. I can't do oh, that. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. It, it can get frustrating for sure. Definitely. Dang. And going back to like Pegasus, when, when you just started working there, um, mm -hmm. did it feel like work or did you it kind of feel like it was just like hanging out with the guys? Uh, a little bit of both actually. I mean, it felt like work when there were customers there, but when there was like downtime and really nobody there, it felt like I was just hanging out in the store, mm -hmm. you know? And then obviously until your boss walks by, then you got to make it look like you're working, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> start organizing the, the sandpaper, the grits. That or, uh, <laughs> that or, that or the, the one big thing was always putting the uh, wheels and tires together mm. and packaging. That was always one of the big things. They always had a tub sitting on the counter of it it may have been uh well, low rider wheels it may have been uh you know the big and little 23 inch wheels or something like that but it was always like some always a tub on the counter with here you know put the tires on it uh on the rim package them up and then stack them up and then take take it in the back is like yeah that's definitely the busy work <laughs> man <laughs> that's a trip because I, I i do remember joe uh a lot some years back posting like photos when he would drop in and he would post like some tubs it would be mm -hmm. full of wheels and the tires, oh, yeah. like the, like stuff was separate. But now that I think about it, I remember when I would go and buy the wheels, you know, everything's already packaged. So I would, oh, yeah. I would just assume, oh, this is how, you know, they get them, you know, they get them made in a factory already pre-packed or ready to go. But it's, no. <laughs> it's you guys. No, that, that, that is our, that is with, uh, you know, the employees bare hands that we're doing that with um, back in the day. And even still to this day, you know, when I go out there and visit sometimes, I still see Jeff or a couple of guys putting wheels wheels together. You know, that's how they still do it. Damn. And part of the hardest part of that is with the low rider wheels, with that that tire with the white wall, having it doesn't go directly on. You always had to heat it up with a heat gun to make it soft enough to stretch over the wheel. It was the hardest thing and your fingers would hurt at the end of the day after doing five hours of that. You yeah. know, <laughs> or or else uh, would it snap if you wouldn't get it on correctly? Uh, it, it would it would either snap or it just wouldn't stretch far enough to get uh, to get onto the rim. It it just wasn't uh, pliable enough, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it it was always one of those. It's like, all right, you know, I'd, I'd rather do the big and little wheels versus the low rider wheels. But you know, they bring a tub of low rider wheels out. It's like damn it, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh, those counters that, that they had behind where, you, where they would have all the detail parts like hanging, um, mm -hmm. you know, you could slide. Uh, they were like some sliders or I don't know what they would yeah. call them. Yeah, like pegboard, like slider pegboard type things. Yeah. What, would any of you guys go behind them and kind of hide or anything like that? Like, or was no. there even enough room to fit someone back there to be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hide right here for a little bit, take a little break. <laughs> no not not really i mean yeah you could move them around a little bit but not there wasn't enough to where it's like okay you, you're completely out of sight you know it's trust me we tried there's a few a uh, few times we tried but no it didn't uh didn't always work out that way <laughs> yeah and like you know the store was huge so i know there was like different departments like it seemed like like in different areas but was it mm -hmm. something like you were assigned, like, this is your area and you could not, you know, like, don't don't go on the other side and jump behind the counter working over there, like with the RC guys or something more like this is this is the area you hold down. Was it more like set up like that? 
Pretty much. Um, I mean, I think the whole time I was there, I think I might have actually gone over to the RC side maybe once or twice just to kind of like stand there and fill in just because they were maybe short or somebody was on lunch or something like that. But for the most part, it was the model section and then the gaming section that was right next door to uh, well, not next door, but literally, you know, attached to the model section. And uh, th- that was pretty much where where I stayed and where Joe and Jeff and we all stayed. But every now and then we go over to like uh, the train department the, to, you know, relieve somebody for lunch or something like that. But I mean, that was just our little area. We rarely ever I or at least I ever rarely ever ventured over to the other side of the store. So. Yeah. And. And now, like all this time that has passed, do you do you ever like reminisce or kind of miss, you know, like if you could go back in time and like just for like a day or like, do you still miss those days of working there? Yeah, it it was fun, man. Um, you know, I think last I think the last podcast or one of the times I was on before we talked about it, and you know, one of the best things about that job was getting to interact with customers and whether it was, you know, customers that you've known for a while or, or somebody new that came in and was trying to learn or just starting to get into the hobby. That, that was always the fun one for me because kind of showing them what's what, and you know, same thing. They want to get into doing certain things or they may have not known that you could do certain like detail stuff with, with the model cars and whatnot. And it was always fun getting kind of showing them and, you know, getting them more involved into the hobby and, and growing the hobby. It was, it was always a fun time. So it's kind of, I mean, I always, I think about it now, but you know, they moved, they moved locations down the street. So the store that I was in they're they're not there anymore. So it's kind of, kind of different now when I, if, when I walk in, it's like a whole different vibe and different feeling, mm-hmm. you know, but, but yeah, I, I do, I do miss it sometimes. And especially like working with Joe, you know, it was always fun. He's, you know, he's a riot and, you know, we always, had a, we always had a good time, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and, and stuff like that. And just, it, it was, it was a fun, fun atmosphere and a fun environment, you know, back in the day. So. Yeah. Well, one of the things that stood out to me the most going there, especially like those, those first times when I was just starting was uh, seeing that display with all the, the builds Mm-hmm. That that were left, you know, from you guys and and other people that would contribute, they were just there all the time, and it was just, oh, yeah. you know, it was nice to see that, you know, those cars because it's definitely like inspiration and and just cool to see cars that are done in a hobby mm-hmm. shop, you know, that you see like as a reference, like some of those things, or they just spark questions that can lead to items like, oh, this is this is what was used, or this photo edge kit for the grill you know, or these wheels right. and things like that. So that, that was a very nice thing. Um, like those first times when you displayed stuff, were you like nervous to leave stuff in there? No, not really. I mean, I knew it was under lock and key basically. And, hmm. you know, they, they, if I wasn't working there, they pretty much, there was only like two or three of us that had access to that case. So, you know, we, we, I, I felt pretty safe leaving stuff there. And, you know, it, it's fun, like you said, because it, it sparks interest, it sparks conversation and, you know, for detail stuff. The most annoying thing, though, was people asking if all those cars are for sale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're at least <laughs> at least once or twice a week, 
we would get people come in like, Hey, is that for sale? Hey, is that for sale? No, I don't even know who owns this car, honestly. So <laughs> I can't sell it to you. <laughs> you know, even if I wanted to, I couldn't do it. Cause I don't even know who's who owns that car. So crazy. It's almost like it, it's almost the same now, you know, like I bet you get people hitting you up online comments, just saying mm. how much, how much oh, yeah. the two words, the infamous words, mm. how much. And then oh, yeah. You either, oh, yeah. you either tell them not for sale or you just throw like this crazy price, 50000 or something just to right. get, get them off your back and you never hear back from them again. Or actually, the funny thing is last year, I actually did end up selling two cars. Oh, damn. Which and, ones did you sell? So the first one I sold was at um, the dedicated show back in August last year. Uh, you remember the green Cadillac that I had? Yeah, that was the one that was on the. I, it came out on the Scale Auto Contest Annual magazine, yes, right? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I sold it to uh, uh, Ish out there in California, Chevrolet Ish on uh, Instagram. Uh, really good builder. Really, yeah, he's the one that did the uh, Money Fifty Nine. Mm, yeah. Impala, the the convertible one, all opened up. Yeah, yeah, they, mm. yeah, they, it was. I think it took first place at like a loiter event right like a one-on-one scale event and then they had like a section for models as well i think it was cadillac fest oh okay okay yeah yeah uh, a few years ago a few years ago Mm -hmm. um yeah he uh he loved that car ever since i when i finished it and kept asking me hey you know you want to sell it you want to sell it and it's like well let me let me show it a little bit first and then you know when when i got out there he's like hey what do you think? I'm like, all right, we'll talk. And, uh, we came to an agreement and he still has that now. So I know it's in good hands out there in California, That's you cool. know? Yeah. Um, and then the other one I ended up selling was, uh, back in October. Yeah. October of last year at our local show here in St. Louis. Um, kind of, kind of random, actually a guy that I've seen before at the show at, uh, from Illinois comes out to the show. He uh, he asked me. He's like, "Hey, do you have, do you still have that uh, that '56 Nomad, the red and bronze one that I had?" And I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, I really would like that car. I'd like to have a piece of your artwork. Ooh. You know, would you be willing to sell it?" And I'm kind of like, you know, I I sold the Cadillac to Ish because. You know, he's a good friend of mine and, you know, I know it's going to a good home and everything else. And, you know, I know he appreciates it, uh, what what goes into them and stuff. So th- this was a little different because I'm kind of like, OK, I know you, but I don't know. So I kind of I did what you said. I threw out a crazy number. <laughs> yeah. The guy, the guy didn't even hesitate. Oh, damn. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Well, let's go to my house after the show and uh, we'll go get the car then because it wasn't even it, the car was retired. So I didn't even have it at the show. Ooh, nice. nice, so, Yeah. So I'm like, OK, <laughs> that's dope. Man, you could be like, look, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, the car's retired. So the value went up even more. Um, right. <laughs> well, it, and, and that and that's the funny thing is, is now it, it just with the I guess I don't know. I'm not going to say it's it's my it's because of. The, the name or anything but the quality of the builds that i that i turn out and just the style of them now i i get more people hitting me up whether it's online or 
like even at shows and stuff, you know, I, I'm half the time I'm nervous. I'm not going to come back with half of my cars when I go to these shows anymore. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, dude, that, that Cadillac is badass. Like it's super clean. I mean, it looks like a real car, like what some, somebody would do to a real car. Like if they own that car, that's mm-hmm. the way they would paint it. The wheels, just the setup, the way it looked, you know, it, it, lo- it looks like it would be a one-on-one scale car, you know, and, but not only that, yeah. I mean, you know, all these years, all the things you learned and the things you do with your builds, I mean, they're high-level builds, too. You know, it's not like, you know, oh, I just got started or, you know, it's right. it's it's right. a lot of work, knowledge, inspiration from, you know, various artists. And, I mean, I really like the way the guy even worded it, too, you know, about getting one of your art pieces. You know, he wants to own something that mm-hmm. you created you know and he's noticing it as an art piece right there so that for oh, sure yeah. is like hmm, like for, maybe for those if there's anybody listening that does want to buy something you know start looking at it that way or pay attention to it that way not just you know a, like a regular car because they are art pieces at the end of the day for sure oh definitely i mean just the amount of time and you know and in some cases money that we put into these cars yeah they're not they're not just plastic model toys. They're pieces of artwork. And, you know, in some, in some cases built better than a lot of die cast cars that people can go buy, you know? So I, I totally get people, you know, one, something like that for, for their collection and, you know, trying to build up a collection of their own, you know, and personally, I never, I, I don't know. There's certain builds I won't sell just because it's either a sentimental thing or I built it for a specific reason, you know? Yeah. But there's every now and then I'm like, yeah, I can build another one, you know? Um, case in point with that Cadillac, I actually have another one I'm currently building uh, for the uh, plastics, hopefully for the plastic society show uh, next month that uh, it'll, re- it'll replace the, the one that, it, uh, that ish bought from me. So, yeah with uh even a little bit more detail added into this one you know (laughs) no yeah and i mean you know that show's coming up you're just gonna be you know finishing things off with a tourney build off and Mm -hmm. let's say you know tourney build off like you know it's like pencils down you know the time's up um now you have time and you want to focus on the upcoming show Mm -hmm. out in texas when you know let's just say that you weren't going to do the cadillac let's just say you were going to just get a kit or maybe something Mm -hmm. something else do you Mm -hmm. right there in that moment when you're looking at the calendar do you say all right we're either going to do maybe a curbside or maybe tone it down just so we could have it done in a short amount of time or or is it like, all right, we're going to go all in. And even if there's stress and, and whatever involved, because it's going to get crazy. Like, do you know how to how to dial that in, like that switch of going all, all out or, or tone it down? I do, but it never ends up that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, there, there's a lot of times that I'll be like, okay, um, you know, so like for the Plastic Society show, I'll look at it and be like, okay, these are the categories I want to enter these are the cars I have done already for that. This is, and then there's one category I want to build something for. Yeah, I will sometimes tone it down a little bit, but I always find myself rushing, not rush, excuse me, rushing is the wrong word. 
working until the very last minute to put everything that I can detail-wise into that car and then asking myself, why do I keep doing this to myself? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Case in point, whatever I'm working on, whether it's, it's, it's that Cadillac, there's, there's more than one. And I'll just say this now, there's more than one car I'm working on for the plastic society show. And I will almost guarantee you that I will be working on something Friday night at my parents' house in Dallas, trying to finish it before Saturday. I can almost guarantee it because that's just the way it happens. I, I don't plan it that way. But it just seems to happen, whether it's a curbside, whether it's a full detail. I'm always working on something, usually up to the last minute. But at least I'll already be where I have to be and I don't have to travel the next morning. Yeah, that's that's usually what got me before is I would work on stuff like, say, up until the day, the night before the show. And then I would get two hours, three hours of sleep and then I would go drive somewhere. That, yeah, that never really ended too well because I was always dead tired by the end of that. Kind of like uh, when we went, when uh, Al and I went to NNL West a couple years ago and just did the day and back trip. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, a, yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- w- one of the things that I always think about, you know, it's like who comes to mind when I think about, you know, model builders that travel throughout the U.S. And we see at shows that don't live in California, you know, right now, mm-hmm. or, or even other states. And I mean, mm-hmm. you always come, like, in my mind, like, Wes. I always think of you. I think of, uh, like, George Ramos. Yep. Um, you know, Vision 124. I always think of him, oh. too. Dennis Matthews. You know, yeah. even, like, Chester. I start thinking, like, man, like, like you guys are, like, traveling. But you're, you obviously go, like, all over the place, bro. Like... That's, it's a trip, but you, you're always active participating in the events, you know, out here in California, but it's like, you're, you come out, you know, pretty often. And I mean, the beginning of this year, you were originally set to come out to the NNL West show Mm -hmm. and you had everything set up, but then it got canceled. Right. But, But you still came out to California. Yep, still came out for the uh, the Grand National show. Yeah, and um, yeah, tell us like, how, how, like, what'd you feel when you found out about NNL West, and then what also just made you decide? You know what? Like, I'm not gonna let that stop me. I'm gonna still continue my trip. Um, I, I was I was disappointed when NNL West got canceled. You know, because I always enjoy going to that, and it, I was I was very hopeful that it kind of everything had passed you know and that it was going to happen and it was all set to go and yeah when i found that out i was i was disappointed but the i was like you know what there's still the grand national show that's always a great time i mean that you can't beat a model show along with a one-to-one car show let alone one of the biggest ones in the country um you know so i was just like you know what? I already still got the flight booked. Let's, let's just do it. Let's, you know, let's go. I, I got the time put in, you know, it's always fun. And it, even though it was a short trip, it was just a weekend, uh, Friday, this Friday to Monday, you know, I still made the best of it and had a had a great time out there. Cause it's always, it's always fun. One going back home to California, 
and uh two just getting to see people um in this and actually in this case a lot of new faces this year that uh i had i've only known from instagram that i actually got to meet in person finally um which was definitely fun and definitely uh a big change because not seeing a lot of the big names and a lot of the same names that i was used to seeing now it's like a whole new group and whole new generation of uh builders coming out now out there in california so it was fun it was cool yeah you know i, I want to shout out uh pablo because i know he had posted photos and you were in one of them yeah. you know with him you guys were together yeah. at that yes. show and i thought that was cool of him to do that you know taking photos with everybody in a post to you know to just share like yo like like this is who this model builder is or, or oh damn we, we connected you know we met up oh, yeah for sure i mean that's the thing. We post all the, the show pics, but we don't actually really post, hey, who we're hanging out with or, hey, who's who's at the show or that way. What he does, what he did was cool because then, you, like you say, you put a name to the face or, you know, hey, this is that person from Instagram. OK, cool. And that was that was the first time I met Pablo. I've talked to him on Instagram all the time, everything else, but I never met him in person or his son, his son, Leo. And that was just cool, man. It's like, you know, got the chop it up a little bit and you know it he asked me a bunch of questions and stuff like that and i was you know happy to answer them and it was just cool man just cool to see a lot of new faces now coming out into the uh the model world makes makes me uh feel good about the hobby man that it's still get it's getting bigger yeah you know no nah, definitely dude yeah that was that was dope i saw him uh later you know in the year when uh over here in ventura county he came out to Ventura Hobbies uh, model model fest, okay, and, and that was out in Ventura, and um, he went out there and you know he was participated in the event, but he also did the same like he went around, he did the rounds taking photos, you know mm -hmm. things like that, and I was like, oh that's dope because later until when I was back at home, I saw that post, and then I you know even we took a photo together, but I saw the other people that he was taking photos with, and I was like, oh that's awesome. You know, I hope that, oh, yeah. that becomes a thing. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure it will for him, you know, but just keep it up. Keep doing that. Yeah, and I, I kind of did that a little bit in uh, in Dallas back in March at the showdown. I took a few uh, selfies with a few of the guys out there, Waco and uh, Fonzel and a few, a few of the, you know, a few of the other guys that were out there too, just because Pablo inspired me by doing that. And it's like, you know, let's, let's, post up who's out here you know other than just the builds you know so yeah. it, it's cool it's yeah. definitely cool i just think it's dope man that you're you you know you left your like your comfort zone you know you used to live in california and you've moved away from california which a lot of people can say oh i'm gonna get out of here you know whatever it's getting expensive whatever but at the end of the day right. it, doesn't, it doesn't get done you know but mm -hmm. it's like you've you've you traveled out you live outside of california and, you know, different places you've lived at, it's like you've learned a lot of different things. But not only that, with model building, you connect with everybody. And, I mean, every state is different. You know, every it's like everywhere's like a different environment. And, oh, yeah. and it becomes like a very, you start getting cultured like crazy, right? Like you just, you know, you know what's up, you know where the food's at, you know, what are the food spots and, oh, um, yeah. you know, and all this stuff, right? And like, do you trip out how, like, you, you come to California, you connect with all the heads in California that model build, and then you go to Texas, 
you know, out there, it's the same, mm-hmm. you know, the community, boom, like mm-hmm. it, it's there. And I mean, you start traveling out to other places and then you start coming across, you know, like if you go to like the East Coast or you go to like New Jersey, you already know, you you know, you got Vision 124 out there and, and all, right. the, all his homies in the, in the club out there. So it's like, it's kind of cool that you can go to like different places and just connect with people. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, that's been the one great thing, one about Instagram, but two, just, just traveling in general. I mean, it's, it's, I've gotten to meet so many people now that honestly probably wouldn't have met otherwise, or if I hadn't left California, probably would have never met. I probably would have just seen the names in the magazine or on Instagram, but never would have gotten a chance to really meet them, you know? And and that's, and that's the cool thing. Cause uh, like you said, I, I, I travel all over the place for these shows. One, cause I'm, I'm very passionate about, about the hobby and about what I do, but you know, it, it's, it's cool just to see the different styles of shows and different styles of builds and, like you said, culture and, and all the different and different areas of the of the US. You know, I went from being living in California to those shows out there being mostly low rider and hot rod based to Indiana where they're big on dirt racing cars and you know dragsters and stuff like that to Texas where you know now now that in, influenced me influences me to build donks, you know, cars on twenty eights or 30s and stuff like that so yeah Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a trip dude i mean it's fun i enjoy it and that it just it makes me oh it opens me up to a whole different different styles of building and different people and to get me get me inspired more you know to do what i do and maybe inspire other people with my work as well because when i moved here to st louis and started showing around here nobody really knew what a low they knew what a low rider was but not to the way that i built them or not to the west coast style you know they they figured a low rider was just something that was lowered and slammed on the ground (laughs) yeah and like no technically by (laughs) definition yes but not not by a true definition so when i came out here it it, it, it was like a culture shock to them. And now, let's see, 10 years later since I moved, I have people out here building low riders that never would have built a low rider in their life. Damn, yeah, yeah that influence for sure. That's dope. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's fun, man. I, I enjoy traveling, dude. I, as long as I can keep doing it, I will. Yeah. You know? And trust me, there's a, there's a few shows... I might have to move scheduling around for certain shows, but I'd like to come out to some of the other shows in California. You know, for example, Art Lasky's show coming up here this weekend. I I would love to go back to that show. It's been over 10 years since I've been to that show. And, you know, I always enjoy going to that one and and stuff like that. I'd I'd love to come back out to it. It's just the timing. You know, I'd have to move other stuff around, but... Yeah, and then you got the you got the build off going on too. Dang, that would be that'd yeah, be, like, that'd be intense. Like I said, I, I kind of I do this to myself, but I always end up asking myself, why do I always take on so much at one time? You know, but I, I'm passionate about it. That's that's why, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, I see it. You know, I, I see it's like, you know, from 
from back then when you were doing it, you know, just the way you talk about it. And it, it's, it's like, you're very appreciative of what was taught to you, but then you're also paying it forward and, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're traveling to these events and, and I mean, it's definitely an impact when you go to an event and you see somebody's car there that let's say if you don't attend that event, you don't bring your cars and you know, you get to miss out and you don't see those builds, but having that right. opportunity to see them, it's definitely going to take some effect on people that are going to see that, you know, one, oh, yeah. and one of your posts I saw um, where it, you were teaching one of your, uh, is it one of your coworkers? from work yes, air, yes airbrushing and i did notice on you know in your caption you you were you know it's like you're paying it forward what was being you know what anthony had taught you you were mm -hmm. you were teaching one of your coworkers, and like how was that experience for you very very rewarding man um i don't honestly i haven't really had a chance to teach anybody in a long time um, you know, there's, there's people that have wanted to learn, but they, they never really kind of dove into it, like really wanting to, they've like, oh yeah, they'll try it and step away. But you know, it, it was, it's fun. Cause, uh, shout out to Colin, by the way, that's, that's my coworker. Um, he, uh, he, he's been getting more and more into the models and he came over the, to the pad one day and was blown away just by everything that was that i had here the detail stuff the what again what you can do to a model other than just build it out of the box and next thing you know he's hooked and he's asking me questions left and right and i'm like all right well go go get you a model he's a big mustang fan so he got himself a uh i think it's a 69 boss 302 and um he's he's been prepping it working on it he came over we we uh did some airbrushing. He never used the airbrush before for doing uh, painting, that kind of stuff. Uh, at, the, at our work, they use over in the detail side, they use airbrush for interior repair, but not for like model stuff, obviously. But um, so he wanted to learn that. And it, it, it was fun, man. It, it I always enjoy teaching. I guess I got that from what Anthony taught me. You know, it, I enjoyed learning from him and I always wanted to pass it forward. I don't have kids of my own right now. Um, so obviously that's not going to, I can't teach that if I don't have them, have them. So it's always, <laughs> fun. it's always fun when somebody wants to come along and learn. Cause I have no problems teaching anybody. You know, I, if you were, if you're willing to learn and, and, you know, give, give me the time to teach you, then uh, I have no problems whatsoever doing that. Yeah. That's tight. Especially like, you know, for your, for your coworker, that, that's, that's uh, also, he's going to have an advantage of learning from you because it's like, you know, you, there's a lot, you know, and, and your, sh your work shows, shows it, you know, and, yeah, and you got, that. and you got stuff set up already, you know, it, it mm -hmm. it's tough when you have like nothing right to start off with. You're kind of like, dang, I, I got to start with the basics and mm -hmm. you don't have a booth. You don't have an airbrush. You got to just be like, all right, I'm going to use rattle can. Right. You know, and I, I think when you have those opportunities, you have to take them because you start to hands on, you know, jump in, you start doing it. And, you know, it, it makes it sparks that interest even more. But also it, it just you have a big advantage going with an airbrush, you know, like if you're learning that right off the bat compared to like a spray oh. can. Oh, yeah. 
definitely. Dang. Definitely. So, yeah, because I, I mean, when I first started back before I met Anthony and all that, I, I was using Rattlecan, but as soon as I started learning from him, he, I think you remember he used the phrase "get off the baby bottle." Yeah. Um, <laughs> in in reference to the spray cans, it, ever since I went to Airbrush. It's like, yeah, no, I, I, I can't. It's hard for me to go back. The only thing I really rattle can or use a can for sometimes is just primer, mm-hmm. you know. And but otherwise, yeah, it's like I dove headfirst into airbrushing, and that I was just like I was hooked. So it's kind of the same way with uh, with teaching with teaching Colin and a couple other people that I've taught too. It's like they see the the advantages of it. They see the um you know how you can make stuff like paint go a lot farther with it you're not spending as much money in the long run so to speak you know but it's a it's a trip because like you said um not having anything yeah (laughs) you know colin didn't have a uh even a workbench or anything so if he came over to the house the next day he already set up a workbench and everything in his room at his house so it's oh damn yeah (laughs) Yeah, he sent he sent me a photo that 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 night. He's like, "Hey, look, I got a desk, I got a light, I got this, I got that." I'm like, "Damn, dude. Okay, all right, you're into it now." So. Yeah, we're going we're going in. That's like when you have a friend. He's like, "Oh, he's got one kid," and then you go back and he, "Oh, damn, you got five now," and then there's yeah. ten, and you know, <laughs> the the, the floodgates have opened. Yep. Yeah, of course, nowadays though, with the way stuffs becoming harder to get now it's a little harder to start collecting but you know <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a trip dude it's it's fun though so we'll see where it goes he's uh he's gonna be going to his first show here coming up soon too so we'll uh we'll see what happens there that'll probably just get him more hooked but yeah <laughs> you know, it's it's fun though and and the show that that's going to be taking place you know out that detail junkies is doing out in texas Mm-hmm. So for you, your drive. How how far is that drive for you heading out there? Well, actually, I'm flying out. Oh, okay, to, flying uh, out there. Yeah, it, if I if I were if I was to drive, it would be about ten hours. Mm, dang, yeah, it's um, a mission. But for a drive. but a, yeah, uh, that's that's pushing it. The longest I've done is about eight, and that was down to Atlanta. But um, the uh, to fly out there, it's only an hour and a half. So. It, easy it, it let's kills, do it. it kills a bunch of time yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it's uh you know and then like i said my parents live out there too so i don't have to worry about a place to stay or anything so oh, that's dope yeah that works yeah. out right there yeah and then plus my dad my dad actually likes going out to the model shows the with shows. me yeah it's uh it's pretty cool he he gets a he gets a kick out of it you know he never really went with him to me and Cal with or with me to them in California. Cause I was always driving myself out there, driving around and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he'd never really get to experience them. And now they're out there, you know, he enjoys it. And I think the last, this last time back in March, he was talking with the, a lot of the guys out there too. So a lot of people at the Dallas show, they kind of already know my pops. So <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's yeah. just, uh, you know, another way of you guys even like hanging out, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely. Yeah. He, uh, he enjoys it. He's enjoys looking at them, looking at the models and everything, but he never had the patience to build them though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, that we, we built, uh, one or two when I was a kid, but, 
you know, they were never anything obviously really glamorous or anything like that. But he, as he always said, he never had the, he, he never doesn't have the patience to do what I do now with them. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but you know, I built, I built a couple models for him and uh, stuff like that just cause he's like, Hey, you know, I'd like to have this or this. Well, all right, give me, give me this much amount of time and I'll, I'll, I'll build you one dead. So <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that that's tight. He has an appreciation. Oh for, yeah. For definitely. the models. Yeah. Both, both of my parents do. They're very, uh, very proud of what, what I've accomplished in, in the hobby and where it's taken me too. I mean, honestly, it's opened up a lot of doors for me that I don't know if it ever would have back in the day had I not gotten into modeling, you know? Yeah. And, and how's it been at work, dude, with painting and all that? It's a trip, dude. It's fun. Um, I, I was going to say that was the, that's one of been one of the major things that's changed since the last time you and I talked, uh, right, right as a uh, 2020 hit, um, I, uh, you know, we started going through, we bought the house at the end of March and then, um, you know, all the pandemic crap hit. And unfortunately I lost my job, uh, what I was doing before with, uh, surgical instruments. Um, not because of the pandemic, I'm not going to go into the reason why, but, um, <laughs> let's just say some people are not, uh, not fun to be around. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it opened up a door for me for, I work now, I work at CarMax doing paint and body work for them. Um, put in an application. I, I knew a friend of mine actually works, had been working there for like 10 plus years. Told him, I said, man, I, I haven't done much with one-to-one painting. I've done a little bit, but you know, not much with anything, just with the models. He's like, ah, put it in. They'll probably hire you. And I show, you know, put in my application and within, within a week I was hired, mm. you know, just, and really realistically it was because even though I didn't have the, a lot of the experience with the one-to-one stuff, my knowledge of painting, my knowledge of what materials to use, um, you know, cause a lot of what I use is the same stuff they use on, on one-to-one cars. So, you know, the mixing ratios, everything just got bigger. Yeah. It's like now, and, now at a uh, CarMax, you see cars driving off with house of color. Now I'm joking. No, I wish. I <laughs> <Right>? wish. <laughs> Imagine. We, that would be dope. If we had that kind of time to actually paint like that. that <laughs> yeah. Would be that'd really be awesome. so dope. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, actually, I I kind of think they would probably sell more, honestly, if we uh, we mm-hmm. did that. But that's just my opinion. But um, mm-hmm. but no, it's been fun, man. It's it's been a trip. I've I've learned so much, and I'm I'm going on August will be two years there now. So, damn, um, congrats, bro, on that job. Because yeah, I do remember, you know, back then you telling me that, you know, you mm-hmm. you weren't working, and and then. Like in that moment though, when when you know you're not working, like were you a bit like worried or devastated? I mean, you didn't sound like it. from when I talked to you, you were like you were very optimistic, like nah, like things are gonna work out. Like it's it's crazy, but this is even before you know you had right. gotten the job, and I mean it's it's very hard for a lot of people to have composure and to kind of you know have have a strong mind, knowing like you know don't trip, things are gonna be good. Well, and and. To be honest with you, Edgar, it was hard, man. I mean, I, I know I was 
I kept my composure, but on the, on the inside, it was hard because it was actually 2020, man. I mean, as we all know, it was not the greatest year in the world, but it was a sequence of events for me. So we bought the house. Then my wife got laid off because of COVID. My car broke down right after that. I got fired. I got fired from my job right after that. And then we're like, great. You know, are we going to be able to keep the house? It's like, you know, a lot of stuff goes through your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, and, and it was hard for me to keep my composure dude, because I'd never, I'm not going to say that's the lowest anybody's ever been, but that was the lowest point that I've hit in my life at that point Yeah, back then. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know? And it, 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 I, I think, you know, thankfully Liz, you know, kept me grounded and everything. And she's like, no, things will work out. And it's kind of a blessing the way things happen for me. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, you know, like I said, I was only out of work for two weeks and it was, uh, you know, to where I'm at now. And now we're pretty much back on a, we've been on a very, very good upswing ever since then. So, yeah, no, that's good, man. I'm yeah. I'm glad to hear. I'm happy that things worked out. And what a trip that, you know, the the knowledge that you have with model building. And that was one of the things I was gonna I was gonna bring up, like, you know, before you even just said what you just said, you know, that you put it on the application, but I always wondered that. Like, let's just mm-hmm. say that you apply at a spot, you know, let's say they do collision work or whatever, you know, they paint cars. Would mm-hmm. like would that help? I was thinking that like, what if you say Oh yeah, I have like 20 years of experience and you put cars, you know, painting, mm-hmm. but you're not really saying that you painted, you know, model cars, you know, well, like, like yeah. let's say that's all you did. But then again, I'm like, no, nah, wait, but like you said, it's just larger um, amounts of paint that you're mixing pretty much. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of differences besides that, that goes, that go along with the job, but you know, and, and different companies are, are different. I mean, you know, if you go to a mom and pop shop, they may not be as open to, to that as like what CarMax was with me and, and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's just like, if you're honest with them and like, I, I put on my application, you know, I actually put down professional model builder experience with, you know, this, this brand of paint, these brands of paint and clear coats um, airbrushes, uh, paint guns, that kind of stuff, you know? So that's cool. It, but at the same time though, I'm also still learning, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you always, no matter what job you have, no matter how much experience you have, you're always going to be learning every time, yeah. you know? So it, it, it's been, it's been a trip, dude. It's been fun. I enjoy it. I'm learning stuff every day and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool being able to, I never thought I'd actually be able to apply model building techniques to one-to-one cars but i've actually done several uh vehicle repairs using glue plastic and actually scratch building pieces for stuff (laughs) there there do do you bring it do you just leave it there like do you just bring like a pack of like styrene and and like (laughs) no not 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 necessarily that but it's it's like okay so for example, there was a piece of a bumper, a corner piece of a bumper missing, and it was off of a, I think it was an Audi, so it was a pretty expensive, you know, bumper if we had to replace it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Can you do anything with this?" 
Um, give me a couple hours. Let me see what I can do. I took a piece of plastic from a license plate bracket, cut it out, shaped it, molded it in, plastic welded it, bonded it over, and then it was. It never looked like it was repaired. It looked like it was part of the bumper the whole time. Yeah, dang. You should have yeah. had some MacGyver music in the background as you're putting it oh, all together. That was in my head, dude. And a couple of my coworkers were looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, just let me work, man. Um, you know, so I've done that before. I've rebuilt uh, uh, spoiler, plastic spoilers out of, you know, that have been cracked in half. I've rebuilt those using glue and uh just like how we scratch build stuff, having to piece together little things for those and then, you know, bondoing and doing body work to them to make them one piece again. But it, it's a trip, dude. Every day is different for me, honestly, you know, and it's cool because it makes it makes every day go by pretty quick. And it, it's you're, you're always constantly wondering what you're going to do each day, you know? Yeah, because because it's it's uh it's like kind of unpredictable, right? What's going to what's going to come because they're either going to, you're either going to have to improvise and fix something or you're just going to have to paint something, touch it up. So mm -hmm. some various things. That's pretty dope. Oh yeah. And, uh, even, I mean, in some cases they, they throw a curveball at you and you're like, okay, how am I going to fix this? Because it's something you've never done before. You've never seen before. And yeah, you know, it, it takes a little bit of work, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it gets done one way or another. I got, I have, uh, really knowledgeable coworkers and and that have been there for quite a long time that they they've been around the block so if i got questions i can ask them and they're right there to help me out with it you know so yeah and, and these are cars that are already like they just arrived and you have to like prep and get ready so this way they have them out in the lot or is it like they're already sold and they're just they need to get fixed up before they they head out uh it's a little it's a little bit of both actually hmm, so okay. a lot of them a lot of them are cars that we get in, they go through a bunch of inspection processes. And then if they deem that they need paint repair, body work, that kind of stuff, they'll, they'll come through the paint paint section. We'll do what we need to, and then get them out. Um, other times we have customers that have bought a car come, come back and say, Hey, we need this fixed or they didn't like something about this. So we'll have to go back and paint it or do something like that. So it, it's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, I've seen the CarMaxes out here in California through the years, but I, I feel like they've gone more and more, like, busier. It, it, seem, it seems like just because, like, there's, you know, obviously there's always, there's always going to be a high demand for cars. But, yes. but the thing with CarMax, I feel like it's like they're always getting new things, different things. So, like, if you're mm -hmm. looking, it's like you have to constantly be going or checking the site. But I say probably go. Do you see? Because if you don't want to, let's say, go to like a dealership where all they sell is just one brand or they right. or, or they have two brands. But if you're just kind of like, you know, let me see what I find out in the wild. You know, right. You, right. you have to. I feel like you have to be in the constant because I feel like everyone who's stepping in, they're already they got the money and they're ready to buy right there. And then, you know, if they see something on site, they're going to mm -hmm. most likely want to buy and negotiate it and then and go from there. So I, I can only imagine, dude, like, you know, it getting just more and more busier because, you know, obviously cars are getting more expensive, too. And, oh, yeah. And people are kind of now like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I want to get the latest year, you know, of a model 
Like, right. They try to right. see like what they can budget or what. And I mean, I, I feel like CarMax always offers a variety of different cars and prices too. Oh yeah. No, there's, it, I never knew how much stuff really went into that type of a business beforehand. And just seeing like in the last two years, almost two years that I've been there behind the scenes, it's, it's crazy. I mean, st- the, the amount of stuff that comes in and goes out that gets sold or transferred in some cases to other stores, uh, it's, it's crazy. Cause not all, uh, not all car maxes are the same. Some of them, some of them just do like certain mechanical repairs, like oil changes and stuff like that. But there's only a few throughout the U.S. that are full service shops like what we are out here. So that do like the paint and body work and all the mechanical stuff, interior. You know, there's not a there's like I don't know how many throughout the U.S., but it's not not as many as you people would think, you yeah. know. That's dope, man. I mean, I, I feel like I mean it's only been what you said two years. Uh, yeah, going going on two years now. Two years, man. Just keep up the good work, dude. I mean, you're, you know, you're you're loving it. You're, you're enjoying it, and I mean, I'm sure, like doing the one on one, paint and even fixing things gives a total different perspective, you know, with the skill model cars. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. It's opened up. It's opened up my eyes to a lot of different ways of doing stuff with the models too. That's that's for sure. Yeah, Dan, that's that's dope, man. <laughs> I like that. You know, yeah, it's it's been fun, dude. It's uh, you know, and, and going back to what I what we were talking about with you know model building and opening doors. You know, you never know what it's gonna do for you. That's that's kind of a piece of advice I, I would give people listening to. It's like if if you're in the hobby stick with it, you know, cause you never know where it'll take you in life. You know, if, if you're, if you're not already established, obviously, but even still, you never know where it'll, where it'll end up taking you. Yeah. You know, no, so I, I'm kinda, I agree. You know, kind of, I'm kind of one of the, I'm fortunate is the way I look at it. I'm very fortunate. And I'm very thankful for it's gotten me, you know, and the 20 years that I've been, 20 plus years that I've been building model cars. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, it's, uh, it's been a trip, dude. It's, it's, I'm enjoying every minute of it. So that's tight. Are you, are, have you decided when you're going to get into 3d printing yet or, or not yet? <laughs> <laughs> I have to throw that. I'm going to, I'm going to ask that to everybody now. No, that, that I was expecting it, man. <laughs> uh, I was expecting it. Um, you know what? I just had this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday and as much as I want to, man, right now, I just, I'm holding off and it's not, not cause I don't want to get into it. It's just one, the time that needs to be taken to do it. And two, I'm also worried that it's going to turn into a business for me. Not, not to say that I wouldn't want that to happen, but I don't have the time for that right now. <laughs> you know yeah with with everything going on it's like if, if that if, if i was to do that i don't think my wife would ever see me you know <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's i enjoy seeing what everyone's doing dude with the 3d printing and and even buying stuff from people because it, it's it's offering offering stuff to people up to people now that we never had an opportunity to get mm-hmm you know, and I think now if somebody's just getting into the hobby, 
it's now is a better time than ever just because of how much stuff is available from 3d printing alone yeah. you know you know so and i mean the in the short answer i'm still thinking about it but <laughs> i haven't i haven't pulled that trigger yet yeah on that you know what about uh what about yourself um not not anytime soon i mean i, I would want to buy a, a 3d printer to print, mm-hmm. print some stuff i mean i have some friends who have um done some designs um like for me like they've given me gifts and stuff like that but okay. I, you know I, i've asked like hey you know what what if we did something with this or, or that but then again it, it's just one of those things where i, I feel like you know it, it, it's gonna just make things a little more complex sort of so i'm mm-hmm. kind of more like ah, nah let's just not do it you know let's just chill we'll we'll figure something out in the future and because I, I would like to do like a line of of things not not like necessarily model car parts but right. other let's just say like add-on material things for mm-hmm. for like your bench you know oh yeah that, that could co- complement things and i mean I, I would like to at some point do something there's no rush for anything like that i i've seen other companies kind of already do that but I would just right. kind of like to do like my take on it with the logo, things like that. Uh, but yeah, m- maybe in the maybe in the future, uh, when I have the proper space, I would want to buy it. So this way, like, let's say for example, someone, you know, has a file and and I can print it. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. like I don't design it or anything. I just completely just print it. You know, and it makes it it would just make it easier that way for me. Uh, right. Because I, I know things are gonna change. I mean, I, I've had talks with certain friends, and I, I, I feel like the only way uh, with uh, the three D printing, I see it climbing up to even more levels. Is like if if the if it starts to become more legitimate. Meaning, let's just say that I think this is what's gonna happen later. Someone's gonna create a design, and they're gonna license the design. They're gonna most likely. Uh, find the way, like a like. I don't want to call it a loophole, but just find the way to either copyright or trademark that design somehow. Exactly. I don't know how, and right. then from there, uh, be able to license it for like a year with someone. So let's just say somebody right. somebody created. Let's just say like Casey out in Australia, one of the homies mm-hmm. makes a design right. for me, and I tell it like I. So this way it works out for him and for myself. So everything's like, you know, transparent. Look, Casey, you know, we're going to, I want to do this design. How much will it cost me? License Mm -hmm. it for a year. Once it expires, then we have to talk about this again, about if I want to renew or not. Right. Right. Within the year, the deal, it's probably not going to cost the same. It's probably going to cost a little more or something because things are going to change, you know? And, and then let's just say, we do the year and it expires and I'm like, nah, I don't want to renew. Then, then that it's done. But then that piece will become like a very limited edition piece of, of whatever right. that was created. Right. Most likely it might not come again unless three years pass. And I'm like, yo, let's revamp that one. Let's bring it back. You know, yeah. um, how much is it going to cost for me to license it? And once you license it for the year, it's not going to matter. Like, you could print that thing unlimited times or whatever. Um, right. And it, at first it might be like, damn, that's, that's expensive for, for the file. But the thing is you got to justify it. Like, well, you're going to be able to print it as many times as you want, like unlimited. 
Um, because no, I don't no. know, there's going to be something watch because I feel like people need to set their terms on certain things. If they're going to start doing that. Be- oh yeah. No, because just, just with the amount, like you said, the file, the certain files and then people making it accessible for everybody. No, eventually. Yeah, you're, you're right. Somebody is going to come along and they'll be like, Nope, I'm going to license that. And then, you know, it's going to turn, like you said, turn into the whole okay now the pricing is going to go up or it's going to become limited edition it, it, it's kind of sounds like when when you and joe were talking about the licensing for doing model kits and stuff like that you know the negotiation part of how things are going to go I, I i could definitely see that happening yeah yeah because because it's like you know somebody can create a file and then they sell it you know on shapeways or you know like or the cult 3d cult site and, right. you know, once the person purchases it, that's it. Like, they can manipulate it, I guess, or do something where now, or they could just give the file out for free, right? Now everybody has the file. And, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to be a way, I think. I, w- I was even talking to Casey and being like, hey, is there a way? Or the ha- have they come out with the software where maybe, um, like, people, let's say the the original people who bought it have the file, but then if the file gets like ripped or stolen or whatever, it, it has like a timely where, where it will just expire or it will like, maybe it's not possible, but like disappear from the computer, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm just comparing, I'm trying to compare files to like MP3 files, you know, mm-hmm. but then I think about MP3s and I go, nah, once those are out there, they're out there. It's very hard to control, it's very hard. control right. that. Right. But I mean, there has been websites that I remember back then they were always selling CDs and vinyl. And then to survive those same sites were like, Oh, we're not going to offer MP3s. So now when you, when this new album comes out, you can either buy the the CD, the vinyl or the MP3, which one will it be? So, right. that, so now you start getting a, another, a, another fan base just I'm just an MP3 digital person. That's all I want. I don't want to, I don't want to have physical things or whatever. And right. You just, yeah. You want the digital copy. You don't want to have stuff piling up. Yeah. And, and then that, that blew up. Right. And then it just, you know, later the record label started licensing their, their MP3s to companies like, Oh, you want right. to be a, a digital company? All right. Well, you know, and then they started licensing everything and went from there. So I feel like with 3d printing, I mean, I know, right now it's kind of like the Wild West. Everyone's just like learning, <laughs> buying print printers left and right. You know, yep. everyone's asking questions. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Can you fix my file? You know, or they're doing prints and they're not coming out the way they're coming out. Some people are getting frustrated. But then eventually, right. like the ones who have been doing it for so long and that want to dive into the business side of it, they're going to have to like start like trying to look into like all right how how am i going to legitimize myself with this how's this going to work you know yeah just to keep just to keep their files protected and you know keep it from becoming a mass-produced file from everybody yeah and and that's kind of like what i was what i was saying it's like they're or you put it best like you know it's the why kind of like the wild west right now it's it's just like it's it's something cool that I definitely want to get into and would love to, but it's just something's gonna give here eventually, you know. And it's I kind of want to wait and see what happens with that first because 
I don't want to start getting into it. The next thing you know, I'm stepping on people's toes and stuff like that with, (laughs) you know, yeah. Okay, cool. I can print this. Well, wait a minute. What about this legality? Oh crap. I didn't see that. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 you know, for now I'll just, I'll be a, uh, I'll be a consumer of 3D <laughs> products, but, you know, and, and maybe in the future, who knows? But I mean, I, de- you know, I definitely have the space for a 3D printer somewhere in this house. I can put a, put one that would be out of the way, you know, not have to worry about it, anything like that. But I know, like you said, too, for you, you, you're still kind of like in a smaller space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, like the, where we're living at, it's, it's small. Like, I mean, there's, it's two rooms and we have like, like the kitchen, living room and the dining room. But then after that, it's like there, I mean, I have a garage, but I don't, I don't want to set anything up there. And then then I'm thinking, no, "No, not the, like, I can't right now in the house just because of the baby, you know? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I, I even I even trip out just having even just a spray can like in the house. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I gotta put that away, you know. I uh, right. all, all those little things I just kind of get all paranoid about, but because of, because of the baby. But well, she, man, she's already gonna be two. It's just toddler now. I keep calling her <laughs> a baby, oh, but man. yeah, it's, big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. She is. It's it's a trip. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, before we wrap up this episode, another last question is out of, yeah. out of Impala's, I mean, we've seen there's, there hasn't been many coming out as far as, uh, a, a, a new rebatch like production. Is there a particular year or brand of an Impala that you're, you miss that you go, man, I, I, which one is the one that you go, man, I wish they would bring this one back out again. Oh man, that is a question that I have debated with myself for the last two or three months now, I want to say, um, honestly, because I've noticed the rapid decline of kits available now for, for Impalas. And I'd have to say the Revel, the Revel kits, the six, the 63 Impalas for one. And then the, uh, Oh, uh, what is it? Which one was it? I was just talking about the other day. Um, fifty, the fifty eights. Mm-hmm. Those, those, those are the two ones that they they were kind of like my favorite ones because they had the opening, they have the opening trunks and everything else. You know, the separate chrome for the fifty eight, the the cruiser skirts, all that stuff. Those ones, I I would love, I would love to see them come back out with. You know. But it's just they're getting so hard to find now too, which is crazy. I never thought I'd see that day. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, the sixty threes. Once you know, we did a podcast with Joe, and he said that those were like gone. Like that was it. If you see them, yeah. buy them. And I mean, he was right. I never, I never saw them anymore in the shelves, and I don't see them anywhere. And I don't yeah. really see anybody building a sixty three like Ravel right now. That I've seen no. someone like post like currently in work in progress. Uh, I, yeah, I have a few of those kits. I'm hanging on to them right now, just just because. But yeah, you should <laughs> do it. You know, it it it. it I was talking. I was talking to uh, Liz, my, my wife, about this the other day, and I said, you know, with the upcoming shows, I said I already know I got a bunch of kits, but if I start seeing these kits for cheap at shows, I'm just gonna bring home a crap load of them yeah because you know 
the only place I'm seeing these is like the 63s, the 64s, the Ravel ones is like on eBay and people are just asking ridiculous numbers for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, that was, I was talking to, I don't know if it was Joe or somebody else about it. It's like, I never thought I'd see that to where a 64, somebody be asking $60 for it. <laughs> Sixty-four dollars? Like, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sixty exactly. <laughs> you know, asking the price of the of the, of the year, year. Of the car. and it's like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I hope. I, I, I want to be optimistic, and I hope that they'll something will work out, and eventually they'll start repopping those kits again to where they'll. I'm not going to say reasonable because model kits now are minimum of thirty dollars usually, but at least to where they're normal normal prices and not to where we're getting them to you know to the price gouging you know because that's that's the thing i think is gonna hurt a little bit but i i'm i I would love to see those ones come back out man yeah not yet because the prices are looking kind of scary you know when when um when i look at some of my distributors and some of them that carry Mm -hmm. like amt and Mm -hmm. and i see the msrp (laughs) that they're giving i'm already going oh no i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna bother and even trying to sell this car because they'll never sell and well some of it it's like amt 36.99 37 almost 40 bucks yeah and for an amt kid at that i remember listening to you and joe talk about that on the the podcast you do with him and no for amt kids man i mean you, you a lot of them i'm not i don't i'm not bashing companies here but you know, you still got some of the promo chassis. You have the bathtub style interiors where everything's molded together. And it's like for 40 bucks, man, or almost 40 bucks. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's you a know? lot. Mm-hmm. And for the old, like the old tool, old tooling, like Joseph, that's already been paid for, you know, 40 years ago, you know, and it, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. You know, I never thought I'd see a Ravel kit go for as much as a Tamiya or Aoshima or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 up there with, like, import kits, pretty much. And I was tripping out, like, there's other brands that I come across, and there was this one, it's called Nunu Plots. And, oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. I mean, the stuff looks dope, and but, I mean, it's up there, though. It's, it's like, at least in the 50s, 60s, up to the 80s, right? But then mm-hmm. some of them come with like photo etch. Some come with uh, the back masking so you can paint the the trim black on the windows, things like that. Right. Um, right. And then at the same time, some they actually sell the photo etch separate, but for the kit, like to complete. But it right. look, but it looks, you know, I opened one up. They don't come sealed like in plastic. Like you could just, it's like an Aoshima. You could open it up and check. Mm-hmm. And right. I was like, oh man, like the quality looks good. It looks like a highly detailed uh, kind of car. I have not built one myself, but in the future, I, I would like to. Uh, but I just, I just trip out, you know, that there's other options too, in case, you know, when people want to start spending more money on a build. Oh, yeah. And, but I just trip out on like, you know, other brands that, like you said, I wouldn't think they would climb up and it's like they're, they're headed in that direction. No. And then I actually have, uh, three different versions of those, uh, those new, new plat plats kits. I have two BMWs and an Audi R8 
and I've yet to start them, but just from looking at them, like you said, yeah, they're real high quality. I, I wish they had full motors though. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one thing I, they are curbside kits technically, but you know, it's just, it, it, it it's something, it's kind of, it's something different that you don't see all the time is what they're coming out with, which is cool. Yeah, man, yeah. That, that could be a market right there for somebody just 3D printing engines and or engine bays for those cars that they don't make engines for. Exactly. And tell you what, whoever's listening to that, if they decide to come up with the idea, number one customer right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because yeah. I, I have a hard time doing curbside or box stock anymore. I can't do that. I, I got to detail whatever I build yeah you know, so mm. that would be that would be cool but yeah i it's just i don't know man it, it's crazy with with the way the the kit situation is going right now but mm-hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to stay positive hopefully you know i i have an i have enough kits as we all say you know to get me through for the next lifetime but <laughs> you know it's just I, I i would like to see for for other people's sake that that want to get into the hobby or that would, they want that specific kit that they don't have not have to pay an arm and a leg for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, and keep them, keep them interested in it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know if, if Impalas become uh, more scarce, I guess I'm going to have to go into different fields of, of build styles like uh, drag cars and indie cars and all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> but which which i want to too that's kind of a goal of mine too for this year so yeah kind of expand my uh my building outside of hot rods and low riders and trucks and that kind of stuff so nice yeah do other styles no that's good man wait wes it was it was awesome talking to you the time flew by pretty fast and same here same here bro best of luck with the 20 22 tourney build off by Iceman Collections. I mean, I'm I'm excited you, just from seeing all the prizes and everything that th- <laughs> that are at stake, you know. Um, yes. <laughs> and it, it's awesome. And you know, at first I was thinking like, does the winner take it all? But then I like how he's he's being fair, you know, like the right. first, Divin, second, yeah. third, and fourth, you know. And yeah. I don't know. Let's see what else happens. But it, it looks awesome though, you know. Definitely. I appreciate that, man. And we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm more nervous going into this turn tournament build off than I am going into shows. So, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens with it, but you know, we'll, I'll obviously have my update post here before by Saturday. So we'll see where I get by, by then, but, but yeah, this was fun, man. I, uh, I appreciate you bringing me on again and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, inspired some people by what I was, by what we were talking about and stuff. And, uh, you know, just hopefully keep, get more people involved with the hobby. And, you know, as always, thank you for what you're doing too. And with the store now with it's, that's cool. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see it grow for you, you know? Oh, thank you. And, uh, hopefully continuing, continuing to get bigger and better, you know, for you. No, thank you. I mean, you know, so it's, uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to be placing another order here soon for some tools and stuff uh, eventually because I'm going to have to stock up on a few more things. But <laughs> Right on, man. Whenever, bro. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. That That's dope, man. I, I appreciate, you, appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the kind words. You know, best of luck with, with the competition. 
you know, have fun model building and, you know, safe travels also for when you head out to uh, Texas as well. Thanks. Thanks brother. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I'll document it all. I'll post it up and Please. stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can make it out to Cali. You know, I don't know about if it'll be this year or not, but maybe beginning of next year again, and hopefully we can, uh, we can link up. Yeah. Uh, nah, yeah. We need maybe, to. Yeah. Maybe have a beer or something, you know? Heck so. yeah. I'm so down <laughs> for sure. I'm down where everybody, awesome. Thank you for listening. That was episode number 162 with Wes Salazar. If you guys want to check out Wes on Instagram, it's Wes underscore S underscore scale builds. So I'll make sure to also tag him when I do the post on Instagram and check out his work. And we, uh, we hope to see you in the future and we'll speak soon. Definitely, man, for sure. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. Peace out. Yeah, you too. Peace. Thank you. Bye.